Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. It's good to be back here again. I, uh, you know, when Rocky, I, I, you know, I'm kind of like, like last night I was watching Lifetime Television for women, and you know how it makes you a little bit, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, whenever Rocky gets up front and says, you know, he's not a visitor here, he, this is home, it's very meaningful to me because through these years of ministry, it's, in what I do, I don't often get to feel like I'm at home. Not that I'm not a part, but being able, to, and not that I don't believe that, it's just being able to feel that way sometimes and I just want to thank you for always making me feel a part and making me feel welcome making me feel loved even the new people that don't know me yet it's all right by the end you'll either love me or hate me that's your problem all right so uh, but, but but anyway um, I am glad to be here today I um, I was here in town doing the uh, life builders men's conference and uh, and I called your pastor and said hey I'm gonna be around any chance I could come back and hang out and he said yes and uh, so thanks again man I'm glad to see I noticed something I looked Looks like um, Pastor Andrew, he's got you wearing skinny jeans too. You know, I see you wearing them skinny jeans. And, uh, and, and also you got the hair like, like kind of like, like shaved on the side and then you got the flip back thing kind of like, like, like you, like uh, Amish Justin Bieber. You know what I mean? And, uh, and uh, it's true, right? Don't he look like an Amish Justin Bieber? It's like, go get me a wood stove, boy. No, no, no. So, uh, but you look good. And my problem is this, I met your youth pastor. You're like starting a cult thing because I see the beards and you're trying to get your own. Listen, if he's men, if he starts requiring you all to grow beards, run. You know what I'm saying? You won't be no cult. Ain't no cult. Ain't no cult. We're not going to let that happen. But uh, good to be here. And uh, it's always fun to come here and make fun of your pastor. He's my friend. And uh, I, like, I don't ever make fun of his wife because she's just so beautiful and sweet. And she's amazing. And, and boy, did he marry up. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> married up. And uh, so, so how many people here married up? You hear what I'm saying? Uh, marry up. Marry up. So here's the deal. Um, this morning, I want to talk to you a little about life. You know, things change in life. My life has changed. Uh, through the years. I'm constantly growing. Every day I get up and I'm, I'm still working through my salvation and my belief and following after God. Listen, I, just because I speak at places, it doesn't mean I figured it out. It just means I, I, every day I'm giving myself the opportunity to grow and allowing God to grow me as an individual. And it's okay to say I'm still growing. It's okay to say I'm still learning. It's okay to, you know what, listen, this year has been the toughest year of my entire life. 46 years old, 26 years in ministry, and the day after Christmas, I had something that was such a strong battle that shaked me to the core. And I didn't know what I was going to look like on the other side of it, and I still don't know. But I know who does know. And I know that everybody faces battles. And I know that my God is big. And how many people know that God is bigger than any circumstance? God is bigger than any situation. He's bigger than anything that's in front of you. He's bigger than the stuff that's behind you that you want to keep watching again. So I need to do something today because I got to be me. Hit your neighbor and say, I got to be me. Now look at your other neighbor and just say, I look good, don't I? <laughs> and just look right back at him and say, I know. It's all right. Now, 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 some of y'all are good at talking to each other. You got to understand when you have somebody from the north end, I'm from, I'm, from, I'm from right outside of Philadelphia. So I wanted to take the opportunity to invite everybody here to Super Bowl 52 party. And we'll be celebrating the Eagles winning on the third week of February. So if you want to come and get confetti stuck to your face and see me carry the Lombardi trophy for the Philadelphia Eagles, we'll be winning the Super Bowl this year. I just want to let you all know that's happening. Um, if you're wondering why I'm saying that, 
I've been saying it for 46 years, and I'm keeping hope alive, keeping hope alive. You'll hear what I'm saying? Somebody got to do it. You know what? I ain't letting nobody break my stride. All right, so here it is. It's what we're going to do. All the men in the room with your man voice, I need you to repeat after me. Say, my G-O-D. Okay, how about with some enthusiasm, okay? Say, my G-O-D. Okay, I need you to have a little attitude, and I need a little volume. Say, my G-O-D. Say, my G-O-D. When I point that way, my... That was rough, folks. That was rough, folks. Everybody say, my G-O-D. Say, my G-O-D. Now, all the ladies, you, right after the boys say that, you just got to say, is B-I-G. Just like that. You ready? So the boys, then the girls. Are you ready? So boys, you ready? Here we go. My G-O-D. No, with your girl voice, not my girl voice. You're out there, man. He sound like a freshman boy in high school. Stop that. All right. So here it is. All right. So, so let's try it. Here we go. My G-O-D. You did much better than the first service. The first service needed some serious help. Let me just tell you that. All right. Yeah, I'm going to drop something a little old school here. Here we go. Here we go. Y'all ready? Hey, DJ, crank that up a little bit, buddy. Here we go, DJ. Do me a favor, everybody. Stand up on your feet. You do me a favor. If you don't know how to clap, watch your neighbor like this. Okay, let's try it. You ready, boys? One, two, three, boys. Louder, boys. Okay, you ready? Here we go. 66 books that were also oh fresh, they're all talking about God and his righteousness, so 100% jam, and it's not a scam, not a sticker, not a liquor, just the blood of the lamb, always and forever, he'll be the same, just a rock in his word, above his precious name, so deaf that your mind can't even conceive it, you don't have to, you just gotta believe it. Rocky, come here. Come on, DJ. Come on, you're gonna bring the Amish. All right, you ready? Okay, all you got to say is B-I-G. They're gonna do my G-O-D. All you got to say is B-I-G. You ready? With your man voice, though. Not the voice like when she yells at you and you're like, okay, Mandy. Okay, I don't want you to do that. I just want you to just do it. You ready? Okay, here we go. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to bust it on you. You ready? Here we go, boys. Let's try it, come on. It's B-I-G. It's B-I-G. Is B I G? 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 You see, I wrestle with elephants, I tussle with whales, I put handcuffs on lightning through thunder in jail. You come against me, man, you're taking a risk, cause you're an eight track tape, I'm a compact disc. Oh, I'm B O D. My G O D. My G O D. My G O D. Clap for your pastor. There you go. There you go. Oh, man. I just brought you to Philly, brother. Y'all can grab a seat. I just brought you to Philly. Everybody say Philly. Everybody say Philly. 
Everybody say Philly. Philly. Now y'all need to pray for me because I fly home today at three o'clock on United. I could die, you know, you know, it is, is what it is. But uh, today I want to read you a story in the Bible out of Judges chapter 14. You can follow along if you want, but, um, but I want to do something today that's a little bit, a little bit different here. Um, I want to, I want to tell a story, but if I'm going to tell a story, I don't want to just tell it, you know, like normal. Um, I'm going to use my, I'm going to use my movie voice. Do you ever hear a movie and hear hear somebody use their movie voice? So I'm going to do that for you today. And if I'm going to use my uh, movie voice, then obviously I got to have some movie music. Are you ready? Here we go. Judges 14. Here we go. Once upon a time in a land. (laughs) I love you. Good job. Good job. All right, here we go. Samson went down to Timnath, and he saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnath. Now go get her as my wife. His father and mother replied, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives? that again his father and mother replied isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives I thought we were talking about Israel not West Virginia y'all hear what I'm saying you know anyway let me just keep going must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife now if you're here and you don't know what uncircumcised means talk to Jackson he'll explain it to you after the service I ain't getting into that He's got skinny jeans on. He'll help you out. All right, here we go. I'll leave that alone. I'm going to keep moving. But Samson said to his father, get her for me. She's the right one. His parents did not know that this was an occasion to confront the Philistines, for at that time they were ruling over Israel. Now, you can't see it if you're not following along, but right at that point, there were some parentheses. Parentheses are used to describe something within the contents of a, of, of a sentence or a story to let you know what the background of what going on, what, what's going on. And sometimes in life, God will place parentheses in your life. Something that doesn't make sense, God will allow to happen so you can become who God designed you to be. Sometimes your biggest mess will wind up being your life's message. Sometimes your loneliest and and deepest point and your biggest disappointment will wind up being your voice and your story. And everybody's got a story. The Bible says, by the word of your testimony, by the blood of the Lamb, you overcome. And every time you allow your message or your mess to become your message, it begins to change other people and it changes you. Samson went down to Timnath together with his father and mother, and as he approached the vineyards of Timnath, suddenly a lion came roaring towards him. It says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he tore apart the lion with his bare hands as if it would have been a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Later on, he then went down and talked with the woman, and he liked her. Sometime later, he went back to marry her. And he turned aside and looked at the lion's carcass on his way. 
In it was a swarm of bees and some honey, which he scooped out with his hands, and he ate as he went along his way. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, and they ate it too, but he did not tell them where the honey had come from. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for today. We ask you to take this story and unpack it in our hearts. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Crazy story, right? The Bible's got crazy stories. I mean, you don't got to watch reality television to get some crazy stories. You can get some good ones right here. You know, I don't know about you, but I like reality television. You know, television has changed. When I grew up, we only had five stations. My kids have 280-some stations on their television. We had CBS, NBC, and ABC. Y'all remember that, right? And then we had VHS, where we had two stations, 17 and 48 in the Philadelphia area. Back then, there was no cable TV. And we didn't even have a remote control. You want to know why? I was the remote control. Do you hear what I'm saying? How many people in here was the remote control for your parents? And God forbid there was a two-hour movie on and you touched the rabbit ear and it cleared up the screen. Because you know you had to pull up a chair and sit there. You know what I mean? And, and so things have changed over the years. And, 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 uh, and, and so this story here, I mean, you don't need to, you don't need to turn on television to, to see a good story, to hear a good story. This story, and you're probably saying, let me, let me just re, retell it to you real quick. Basically, Samson was walking along, and he saw this girl, and he was like, hey, hey. You know, you know, fellas, you know the first time you saw that special lady, you was like, shucky, ducky, quack, quack. You know what I mean? You know, you know, you know, you know, you saw Mandy, and you was like, what's up? You know, that's what you did, right? Well, you build her a wood stove, what'd you do? <laughs> I can't stop with it. He just got that whole thing. I, just, I can't do it. Anyway, so here it is. Now, he's just, I am a little jealous because I can't grow facial hair. I can't. I can't. He told me that they're build, you're building a new church. He said he's making a special room for people for me that can't grow facial hair. It's called the girl's room. That's what he told me. Isn't that mean? Anyway, so here it is. Samson's there. And he sees this girl, and he says, you know what? That's my girl right now. And he says to his parents, go get her to be my wife. And they got a little bit upset because they're like, why can't you marry one of, the, one, one of our people? And he's like, listen, she's the one. And he said, you know what? We're going to go down and meet her. So he went down the meter. He went down, and it says on the way down, it says a lion came towards him. Now, if you know the story of Samson, Samson was like, you know, God gave him this outward strength that was just amazing. He had this physical strength, like hero kind of strength, like Superman kind of strength. And it says the spirit of the Lord came upon him, the lion came, and it says he tore the lion apart as if it were a young goat. Now, that part I find strange because I don't know about you, I've never tore apart a lion, and I ain't never tore apart a goat. I've killed some mosquitoes, but that's about as far as I've gotten. You hear what I'm saying? And so he's there, and, and uh, he's on his way. He tears this apart, and it says that he heads down to see the girl. He goes back home, and then he goes to see the girl again, I guess a little bit later. And when he did, it says he passed the site of the battle where he fought the lion. And it says on the inside of the carcass, there was, there was, there was a beehive, and inside there was some honey. And it says he stuck his hand inside the beehive, and he pulled out the honey. That's the story. And Samson, you know, the crazy thing is Samson ruled over Israel for 30 years. And for 30 years, for 30 years, he ruled over Israel. He led God's people. And in 30 years, he took them nowhere. In 30 years, he had all this stuff on the outside, but he didn't have what it took on the inside. 
And you know what? It doesn't matter what we buy, where we live, what we drive, what we look like. There's some things in life that Maybelline just can't cover. Do y'all hear what I'm talking about? You know, sometimes it just ain't enough weave. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It's okay. If you bought it, it's yours. That's all that matters. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You're unbeweavable. All right, so here it is. Here it is. I'll just keep going. I've learned something in life that everyone you meet in life is going through a battle. They're coming out of a battle or they're going into a battle. Everybody, including me. I don't come here and speak to you as someone who's got it together. I'm coming to speak to you as somebody who's broken just like you. We're all broken people. We're all broken vessels that God is slowly placing and putting back together. And in my life, you know, it's been difficult. Like I said, this year, it's been, it's been tough. For those of you who don't know my story, I grew up in a school where I was the only person with disabilities. And every day I would walk 30 feet from the front of my school to learn in an RV. And the kids would laugh and tease me. Even the adults in my life would talk about the, the constant dialogue about me was what I couldn't do, where I couldn't go, what I wouldn't be. That's all I ever heard from the students and from the adults in my life. And then I'd have to go home to a broken home. And you know what? I began to develop secrets because I didn't want any of you to know what my life was really like. And I would go to school during the day and I'd come to church on the weekends and I would wear a mask. If you don't know what the mask is, the mask is the person you think everybody else wants you to be. And I can come here today and I can put on a mask or I can come here and just be real. You see, I believe us being genuine and real with each other, it can change everything. I think us looking at each other and saying, you know what, I haven't figured out how to be the best dad, but I'm trying. I haven't figured out how to be the best speaker or the best pastor, but I'm trying. I haven't figured out all how to be the best friend, but you know what, I'm trying and I'm on a journey. And you know what, I'm going in and out of battles. And you know what, because of battles, you know what battles do? They develop fears. And I want to tell you something. I've learned that fear is a reaction, but choosing courage is a decision. See, courage is not the absence of fear. It's the choice that something or someone else is more important. It's on the inside realizing that there's something more important than just what you're going through. The Bible's real clear. It says, it says, the battle does not belong to me. The battle belongs to the Lord. Some of you are fighting so hard and you're keeping the battle alive. And if you can just put your hands down, he wants to put his hands up. If you allow him to do it in your life. See, he wants to fight for you. He wants to fight with you. And I want you to realize today that uh, I don't think we were all ever meant to carry the battle. You see, I learned that his burden is easy and his yoke is light. I want you to realize today here that scripture says that you know what? There's some things that he's given us. So today I want to ask you a question. Are you willing to stop the noise? You see, here's the deal. There's so many distractions in life. There's so many distractions going on within family and with our kids and our interrelationships with one another and our coworkers and all these things that are going on. And if we allow the noise to invade us, we won't have the opportunity to hear God speak. And you're like, well, Preston, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what life... Listen, I don't need to know what you're going through because he already knows what you're going through. In Genesis chapter 1, it says that the earth was formless and it was void. And all of a sudden, God spoke and everything changed. Everything changed. All God had to do was speak into nothingness and it became somethingness, if that's even a word. It probably isn't, but I just invented it, so put it in the thesaurus. All right, so here it is. I don't know what a thesaurus is, but it sounds cool. All right, so here we go. Listen up. And, 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 so, and so we're there, and, and, and God spoke. And if we could silence the noise and let God speak, 
But usually the problem is, is God can't get a word in edgewise because we're too busy playing the movie of hurt and battle and pain in our mind and talking so much that God can't get a word in edgewise. You know, I, I talked to a man who was this weekend, I was at the Life Builders Conference, and he came up to me and he goes, you know, my, before I left, me and my wife, we, we, had, we had a blowout. And I wasn't even going to come this weekend. He said, but I was in Claremont when you spoke seven years ago, and that was the day that I gave my heart to the Lord, and we've been going to church ever since. And after I got done speaking, he goes, I, I had spoken just on the idea of controlling the one person in the world that you can control, you. And he said, I called my wife, and this was just, was powerful. He goes, I told her, I said, I'm not going to continue to keep working on our marriage and continue to keep working on you. I'm going to put all my emotional and mental energy into working on me. And if I can fix my part, God can handle the rest. I got an Instagram message from a girl I went to college with. She's going through a battle. She's got a young daughter. She's struggling with anorexia, and they've, they've put her into, a, into a, a treatment program. She's down to 86 pounds. You ever see somebody's in so much pain, you can see even in their typing, you can see their tears. And she said, I'm just going through this battle. I, I don't know why, but I just felt like I wanted to reach out to you. It had been 30 years since I talked to her. And she said, I just wanted to let you know. I wanted to let you know that I'm going through this. And if you would just join me and my husband in prayer, we're barely sleeping. And she tried to take her life yesterday. See, people go through battles. And the thing is this, is we walk into a place like this on Sunday morning, and, and the problem was this, when I went through my battles and I went through my rejection, I went through my disability, when I would go home at nights after worshiping at church, I would have to go home at nights, and I used to, I used to for those of you who don't know my story, I used to go home at night and, and hide in my clothing closet, and I learned from five years old, I learned how to hide. And when you hide, you hide in the midst of the crowd. I remember crying myself to sleep. It was a battle. I remember being in a situation where, where there was all this battle and all that battle stuff, it began to, I, when you hide, kind of like Adam and Eve in the garden, you begin to see God as the problem instead of the solution. And you begin to cover up and you put all these layers between you and God and all the pain and all the battles and all the loneliness and all the hurt, you know what that turns into? It turns into unforgiveness. And it's so heavy. Some of you are sitting next to people that you can't forgive them for what happened between you. You see, we have this thing where we, we get forgiveness and trust confused. Forgiveness is something you give. You take your power back by giving them forgiveness. They, it takes the same energy to heal as it does to hurt. So you might as well choose healing. Do you all hear what I'm saying? And, and, and when you give forgiveness, it's not you giving your power away. It's, it's you taking your power back. And forgiveness doesn't require an apology. It's a choice you make that you're not going to allow that situation to hurt you anymore. Trust is something that they have to earn. Forgiveness is something that you give. And when we, we, we I did it my whole life. I, I used to think they were all put together. Because I couldn't trust them, I couldn't forgive them. I'm not telling you to trust them. I'm just saying for your own mental health and your own spiritual well-being, you got to learn to forgive them. And I held the biggest grudge for the longest time and had this biggest chip on my shoulder. And you know what? I bought, brought the same thing into every relationship. I bought it in my relation, personal relationships. I bought it into my dating relationships. Uh, I bought it into my kids' relationships when I got older. I, I brought it into all these different places and all these different compartments. And I had to learn that, you know, my biggest problem was that, you know what? I couldn't forget 
and I couldn't forgive. And it began to define me. It was like a cancer that grew on the inside. And it began to take over. And I had to decide which was going to be stronger. You see, today, you get to make a choice. When in schools, I often say, you're not born winners, you're not born losers, you're born choosers. And every choice you make it, there has a, there's a consequence. And I had to make a choice of where I was going to put my emotional energy. Some of us, and it was my nature too, we put all of our emotional and mental energy into keeping the fight alive instead of ending the fight. Some of us think that we can handle the situation better than God. You see, today what I'm going to ask you to do is what I had to do. Some of you have some battles that you have to visit. Some of you today have some things that have happened. You, there's a relationship between you and a child or you and a spouse or you and a brother or sister or you and a coworker, and it's just, it's, it's dominating you. It takes front stage, center stage in your life every day. You wake up, it's the first thing you think about, and you're mad going to sleep. In fact, you can't go to sleep because of it. If you wake up in the middle of the night, you think about it too long, you're up for the rest of the night. And the problem is, is that we've taken control of the one thing that only God can take away. Because he came and he bared the burden of our sins and forgave us, he overcame death in the grave, and our sin, and because he did that, it gives us the opportunity to forgive. In fact, Scripture is pretty clear. It says that for God's ability to forgive us is directly related to our ability to allow forgiveness to take place in our life. And it's the most healing thing. Listen, have, did I cry myself to sleep nights? Yes. Did I think I was going to come to church and, and see the cool people at church and think that they wouldn't like me anymore? Yes. But I had to forgive. You do too. Maybe today's your turn. Watch this. I'll be right back.
know, when I watched that video and I first saw it, I got very emotional and overwhelmed when I saw the, the sign that said, I will overcome evil with good. Martin Luther King said, I choose love because hate is too great a burden to bear. He also said, it's not the voices of my enemy. It's the silence of my friends that's hurt me so bad. You know, before we can ever help take care of somebody else, you got to take care of you. Before you can ever make your marriage whole, you've got to work on you being whole. Before you can ever allow things in your life to become healthy, a lot of times we put all this energy into what's going on on the outside of us, realizing that the answer to life is what's on the inside of us. It's all perspective. It's, all, it's always attitude. It's like Judas. Judas was one of Jesus' friends. And he stabbed him in the back. We've all been stabbed in the back, right? That's why we have unforgiveness in our heart, because people hurt us. You know, Judas had the best teacher. <laughs> he had the best friend. He had the best pastor. He had the, he had the best leader. He had the wisest person in the world that he can ever have and access to him every day. And you know what? He still failed. You know why he failed? Because the problem is never going to be the leadership or the church that you go to. The problem is always going to be your attitude. And if your attitude doesn't change and your character isn't transformed, we will always be the same. And that requires a choice. I've learned three things that cause us to fail. One, we blame all of our problems on, every other, on other people. We never accept responsibility. Two, we complain about everything. And three, we forget to be grateful. Listen, I, I'm, I honestly mean this. I am so grateful to be here this morning. It's just so good for my heart. I mean, even coming here, I feel like I, feel like I cheat you because I, for me to come to this church, it's always more of a blessing for me, I feel. I just love it here. You have something very, very special something that I looked for my whole life and for some reason God never placed me in a place like this I'll, for some reason I always wind up becoming the leader or the helper I never really get to assimilate like you guys get to it, it's a beautiful thing you know Samson was walking along and it said that he visited the battle maybe today you need to visit a battle Maybe you're going through a battle. Maybe you're coming out of a battle. It says he went by and he saw the carcass and it said he stuck his hand. He saw some bees inside and he stuck his hands inside of this bee's nest. Now, I don't know about you. If I see one bee, I'm getting the raid out. You know what I mean? But something compelled him to put his hand inside of that. And it must have stung, Right? I mean, he was asking for it. This morning, when I'm talking to you about visiting your battle, if you choose to do this with along me, with along with me, you're asking for it, because it's going to sting. But past the sting, there's something sweet. Past the sting, there's healing. Past the sting, not only do you take it like Samson did and eat it, you share that sweetness with other people and your healing becomes other people's healing the only thing standing between you and forgiveness and you and healing between you and the other side of this battle because there'll be other ones is the power of your choice
Listen, I can't change the way I came into this world. But how I go out, that's my choice. The things that happened to me, I had no, I had, I had no control over. It came to me. I didn't go to it. Maybe you should visit your battle today. That relationship, that broken relationship. See, there's, there's three, three ways we forgive. One, we forgive somebody else. And again, they don't have to apologize for you to forgive them. Forgiveness doesn't require an apology. It's your choice for you to take your power back. And you say, you know what? It happened once. It ain't happening again, even if it's only happened to mine. Number two, maybe you need to ask somebody for forgiveness. Maybe you need to send a text to somebody and say, you know what? I didn't handle that too good. I could have handled that situation better. You don't need to get rehash it. You don't need to re-enter the argument. You say, you know what? I could have handled that situation better. I'd like to move forward healed. And the last way we go through forgiveness is forgiving ourselves. That's the hardest why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I build my own house so it can collapse? Why did I build my own bridge so it could fall down? Why did I self-destruct things in my life? Why did I destroy the relationship between me and my children and in my family? Why did I destroy relationship with my spouse? Why did I destroy, why did I destroy my reputation at work? Why did I choose to do this? Why did I choose? You know what Samson didn't do here in this story? He visited his battle and he found the honey, but you know what he never did? Dead things belong buried. I mean, it was a lion's carcass. I know that we had a dead mouse in the house and it stank. I can't imagine having a lion laying around. And what happens is when you don't bury the dead things in your life, the unaddressed things in your life, if you don't deal with them, they become invisible things that you trip over. And you trip over your divorce. And you trip over your rejection. And you trip over your disabilities. And you trip over your loneliness. And you trip over your guilt. And you trip over your shame. And it constantly, you go through life and you go through circumstances where you're constantly bumping into past battles that you've got laying around everywhere. And they affect your today. And you're thinking about them being there tomorrow. And you have the power of choice to get rid of them. You've got the power of choice to be able to move forward. In the Bible, there's a story about, about, about Moses. When he was born, they were killing all the babies, all the firstborn sons in the land. And his mother was inclined to take this baby of hers, think about this if you're a parent, and place this baby in a basket. She covered the basket with tar so it would float, and then outside of the tar she put this stuff called pitch. Pitch is the excrement from animals. You know, dog poop, cow poop. And she walked this baby down and she put him in the middle of the Nile River. Believing that the current of God would take them to the right place. How unsure and how much trust must you have? Think about that. I watch your baby on Instagram. I can't imagine taking my little baby Vito and putting him in a basket and putting him down the river. 
First of all, with a name like Vito, he'd probably eat the basket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and she sent them out. And I can't imagine what that baby was thinking. He's probably going down the river. Where's, where's mom? And what is that smell? He was in the middle of a basket covered with pitch. And he's floating down. And you probably say, why did she put pitch on the outside? Here's why. You know, venomous snakes that were common to the Nile River would swim along. Instead of smelling the baby, they would smell the pitch. A crocodile would swim along, normally wanting to eat a baby. But instead of smelling the baby, would smell the pitch. Sometimes in life, you got to be thankful for your battles and thankful for your pitch. Because it's the things that stink and smell and that are nasty and that you wish you didn't go through. It's those things sometimes that are the parentheses in life that keep you from the things that could have really killed you. Learning to be grateful for the battle, learning to be grateful for the pitch. It changes everything. You know why? Because what happened was Moses went down that river. Not one thing harmed him. He was protected by his mess. He was protected by the nastiness. And I look back on my life and even my 26 years of doing this, and I look back to the times in the beginning where there was rejection and there was pain and there was loneliness, and I look back and I say, if they would have accepted me, I would never be here. I would never be here. On the, I never would have met you. I never would have had cherished relationships. I've never been able to travel the world and love people. And you know what? It all came out of pitch. Sometimes you just got to embrace it. Sometimes you got to visit your battle. You got to find honey even in the pitch. And this morning, I want to ask you a question. You just got to bury that thing. Forgive him. Forgive her. There's one person in the world that you can control. And when you don't forgive, you're just letting them hurt you all over again. Hate in your heart will kill you too. So I want to ask you on this Sunday morning as I wrap up here. Luke chapter 22, they came to arrest Jesus. And it says when they went to go arrest him, one of his boys whipped out a sword and chopped off the arresting officer's ear. Pretty nasty, huh? I don't know if the ear was hanging or if it was on the ground. But I know Jesus yelled four words that changed everything. He said, no more of this. He cleared the guy away who did it. The guy that was coming to arrest him, it says he, he grabbed his ear and he put things back where they belong. I don't know how that guy heard before that day, but I'm pretty sure he was here in 2020 after that day. Do you hear me? That was a redneck joke from the north. Because when Jesus touches something, it's better than ever, even when it's pitch. Would you let Jesus put things back where they belong today? Would you let Jesus heal would you let Jesus take what's been separated in your life and begin to heal it? I'm not saying you should trust them or trust it. I'm just saying you should take your power back and forgive.
Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.